0: And we are a Bible church, so would you stand with me as we open up the Word of God? We are in the book of Romans. If you have this hard black Bible, it's page 942. And we're in kind of a bigger passage than we've been, so stick with me. We're in Romans 5, chapter 12, and we're going to read all the way down through 21. Romans 5, 12. For if because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. For as by the one man's disobedience the many were made sinners, so by the one man's obedience the many will be made righteous. Now the law came in to increase the trespass, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more, so that as sin reigned in death, grace also might reign through righteousness leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. This is the Word of God. You may be seated. Thanks,
1: Josh. Well, good morning. Uh, My name is Luke. I'm One of the pastors here and and just delighted to be able to open God's word with you today. Um, I will tell you, and you got a little bit of a flavor for this as as we just read that, um, this is a a technical passage. There's a lot of theology and a lot of comparison and a lot of religious words and things like that. And so a a couple things. Uh, Number one is I know you're smart people. Right? Like at least some of you, right? Most of you I think are very smart people. You're intelligent and, and, and so, I'm going to count a little bit on you to do some work with me here today as we read this and, and to try to understand kind of what's going on. The other thing is, you really need a Bible, okay? So, if you don't have one already, we've given you a couple shots to, to grab one. If you're on an aisle and you want to pick one up, you can do that. Otherwise, just lean over to the person next to you, get it on your phone, whatever it is. You've got to have a copy of the scripture uh, this morning, or you're going to just feel a little bit lost in where we're headed. We've been studying this book of Romans for some time and we'll study it really for most of next year. And uh, we're getting into a section today where the Apostle Paul, who's been writing this letter, is helping us to see how significant it is that we are united to Christ, that we're reconciled to him. That's what he had talked about a little bit last week. And we're about to to start a section uh, next week in chapter 6 where he's going to talk a lot about how we are united to Christ by faith. And so in this passage today, um, we get some pretty intense technical theology to help us understand why it's so much better to be connected to Christ than to be without Him. That's really what this is about. It's just why it's better to be connected to Christ than to be without Him. And so I want to just kind of tell a little bit of a, a kind of a word picture to help kind of set the course for where we're going to go today. Um, as we study this, and essentially that is this. Is that perhaps you've had this experience like I have when my kids, especially when they were particularly little, where you would go to the grocery store, or you'd go to Home Depot, or you'd go to Lowe's, and you're trying to pick out a shopping cart. Right, and you just want to get a cart, but what do the little kids want? They want a car cart, right? And maybe if you're at Home Depot, it's an orange racing kind of car. If you're, I mean, wherever it is, but the kid wants the car cart. And so what happens is is the kid gets in the cart and you start pushing, right, and it's really hard to turn and you're using your core to, like, try to manage the thing. But what your kid's doing the whole time is they're steering, right, and they're pointing and they're yelling at people like you do on the road and they're, you know, (laughs) doing whatever it is they see you do. They're texting while they, you know, (laughs) but they're in the car and they're driving, right, and they think, they fully believe they're driving. Right, if they turn, they kind of expect it to turn. But but the reality is, is you're driving, and it doesn't really matter what they think they're doing because they're in a cart that someone else is driving. Well, in the same way, we often overestimate our ability to do certain things to to, to control our lives. And to control our destiny. And Paul has been talking about how those of us in Christ are on a destiny towards, towards being with him forever. And we sometimes think, well, i got to do a lot of work to maintain that. i got to do a lot of work to, to get to that point in my life. And, and i got to steer really straight and i got to do a lot. And the reality is, it doesn't matter how much you're steering from the little car cart. What matters is, what cart are you in? And who's steering it? That's what matters. And so what happens in this passage today is the Apostle Paul is going to lay out two different carts that you could ride in. There's the Adam cart that all of us naturally ride in. We'll dig into this in just a moment. All of us are in this, this Adam cart. It's the natural way we come into the world. But then there's an opportunity by faith to ride in the Jesus cart. And it doesn't matter. All that you're doing and all that you're trying to figure out, what matters is what cart you're in. So let's grab your Bible, um, go ahead and turn, if you're not already there, Romans 5, uh, starting in verse 12. Uh, starting in verse 12, Paul gives us some very important theology to understand this, that sin is deeper than you thought. Sin is deeper than you thought. If you kind of want to understand what is it to really uh, ride in the Adam cart, to just sort of follow in the footsteps of your first ancestor, it's a path of sin, and that sin is deeper than than any of us realize. Look at verse 12. It says, Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men, because all sinned. Now get this. It's interesting, isn't it, in verse 12, how the Apostle Paul uses the word sin. When we think of sin, we typically think of it as a verb. I sinned. Um, I, I, I don't want to go on sinning. I need to stop sinning. We think of all the actions, all the things that we do that are sin. But, but Paul here is using it as a noun. Sin. It's an entity. It's like a force. It's a presence. It's a reality in our world. Sin entered the world. Can you imagine your world without sin? Think about your day yesterday. Imagine it without sin. You wouldn't drive by a police officer. So some of you cops and firefighters, you'd be unemployed. Sorry. Um, you're right? I mean, just it's it's amazing when you start thinking through how sin impacts all of our lives and all of the world. And where did that all begin? Well, Paul says it began in Adam, just as sin came into the world through one man. Well, who? Adam. Adam and Eve, Paul says here, these are real people. These are not fictitious. These are not mythological. They're real people. They're the first people that God created. And as the first people that God created, they, in a sense, are our representatives. And what do they do? What does Adam do? He sins. Sin comes into the world through one man, and death through sin. Death here specifically has with it the idea of of separation from God. This is why what Paul's been talking about is so important. He's been talking about being reconciled to God. Well, why do we need reconciliation? Because through sin, death has come. You've been cut off from God, deserving only his anger and wrath. And in Jesus, we have the opportunity to be reconciled. Sin came into the world through one man, and death followed on its heels. So he says, And so death spread to all men, because all sinned. Now, when you first hear that, your thought is that, well, okay, so, so Adam sinned, sin came into the world, death followed that, but for me, like many, many, many years later, now, now I sinned, so I die. And that's true, but that's not what Paul's talking about here. What Paul here is talking about is that we actually sinned in Adam, that Adam, as our representative, we were in him. So let me just kind of try to show you a picture of this that hopefully will help a little bit. Forgive my fingerprints I just put on there, but this is Adam. Everybody say, Hi, Adam. Hi, Hi, Adam. So, Adam's the first human being, right? He's created in the image of God, he's in relationship with God, he's walking with God, and then he doesn't. God tells him, What's the command God tells him? Don't eat from the tree. You can do anything you want, have a ball. Have a great time, but just one thing, don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat of that, you'll die. And what does he do? He eats of it. And what Paul here is saying in this passage, look at it in verse 12. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. Well, when did we sin? We sinned in Adam. So, Adam, as the first representative, there's a sense in which all these little smiling people, were are all in him. I'm in him. I like orange. I'm, I'm, in, I'm in Adam. I sinned. You know, my kids, yeah, they're definitely in there. Don't want to leave them out. Um, your kids, I know they're in there. Um, my wife, we'll leave her there for a second. Um Billy Graham, Billy Graham, what a great guy, Billy Graham, right? Traveled the world, told all kinds of people about Jesus. What an amazing guy, born in sin. Uh, Mother Teresa, whew, you're not going to out-mercy Mother Teresa, born in sin. Tim Campbell, godliest man I know, loves Mormons, born in sin. Right, all of us, just just boom, we're all, we're all born in sin, even Molly. Right? And so we're in sin. We're, we're, we're in Adam. There's a sense in which when Adam sinned, he was our representative. We were, he, he began driving the Adam cart. And we were in that cart. And Paul is saying the reason that sin is so pervasive is not just because of the choices we make, not because of our actions that decide to sin, but because sin as a noun, as an entity, is in the world and it's in us. And we're in Adam. Adam. We're in him. He's our representative. Verse 13. For sin indeed was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not counted where there is no law. Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam, who was a type of the one who was to come. Now, all right, I read that fast, and there's a lot of technical stuff in there. Here's, Here's essentially what Paul's saying. He's saying sin was in the world, even when there wasn't a law that you could say, well, that was murder, that was lying, that was coveting. Even before those sort of terms and those laws weren't weren't created, there was still this presence of sin. And so, he says, death reigned from Adam to Moses, right? Moses represents the time in which God says, okay, don't do that, don't do that, do this, don't do that. Before that, from Adam to Moses, people didn't have all those rules. They didn't know all the things that were right and wrong. They didn't have all of God's law. But sin was still active. Still was, Sin was still there. And we know that because, verse 14, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even those over those whose, whose, transgression, whose sinning wasn't like the transgression of Adam. And basically what that means is this. Adam broke a specific command, right? God came and said, don't do this. He did it that was his transgression he 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 transgressed the law he trespassed that's the other word that's going to be used right and when i think of the word trespass i think of right you have a sign there that says no trespassing and as soon as you see the sign you go i didn't even care what was back there but now i want to go right and you go you you transgress you you trespass you break a specific command And that's what happens once Moses comes and gives you the law. But Paul's saying, this principle that people have been in Adam, this is how it's always been. Even when they didn't know what to call it, we've always been in sin. And this is where we are. We are in sin. We're in Adam. That's why sin is deeper than you thought. See, you thought that sin was just about your choices. You thought that sin was just about your actions. You thought that sin was just about the behaviors you're doing that you're going to try to stop doing. But so many of us have had the experience of going, okay, this is a sin. This is an activity that I shouldn't do. I'm going to try to stop that. And you've wondered, why can't I stop that? Why can't I change? Because sin's deeper than you think. It's not just the actions you do. It's a presence that you are born into in Adam. It is part of the fabric of your being as a, sin, as a sinful person, right? And, and we sin because we're sinners, right? This is why you don't have to teach. None of you have ever sat down to teach your children to sin. None of you, right? And they're born, and I just, some of our friends just had a 10-pound-plus baby. I mean, big girl. And I look at her today, I and mean, she was here. She was just sitting right there, and, and she's just precious and blubbery and cute, and I mean, just this wonderful thing. And they'll look at her, and they'll go, oh, and they'll lay on the floor, and she'll be all burritoed up, and it'll be, oh, how precious. And then in about a year, they'll go, I don't know what got into her. And Paul will say, I do. Sin. And they will have never taught her to, to say no or to rebel, or to do it, right? You never have to teach a kid that. Why? It's it in their nature, because we're born in Adam. We come into the world riding in the Adam cart. But now Paul is going to say, listen, there's a better way to live. And there's a better cart to be in. And you don't get to this cart by sort of trying to steer harder out of the Adam cart. You get it by faith. And this cart is the cart of Jesus The cart of Jesus. He's going to begin to explore that in verse 15. And he describes this cart really as the the free gift, the free gift uh, of Jesus. And so let's just, for the sake of our little picture here, here's another cart. There's the Jesus cart. And Paul's going to say there is a way to go from the Adam cart to the Jesus cart. And the Jesus cart, he's going to show us in this text, is much better it's much better, but what the rest of this passage is going to do is it's going to be kind of a comparison of here's what it looks like if you're going to stay in Adam's cart, and here's what it would look like if you were in Jesus' cart. And the, the kind of big point over all of this passage is that even though sin is deeper than you thought, Jesus' grace is deeper than your sin. Jesus' grace is deeper than your sin. You're going to see here, and again, this is technical and it's wordy, so I'm going to try to go slow at at key points here, but you're going to see how much better it is to ride in the cart of Jesus. Look at verse 15. But the free gift is not like the trespass. So we talked about the trespass. That was Adam breaking, Adam's one decision to disobey God. Paul's saying, but the, the free gift, the gift of Jesus. So we here have already have in verse 15, you kind of put this chart up if you want to follow this. Uh, the Adam versus Jesus. What's he talking about? Well, in, in Adam, there's a trespass. In Jesus, there's a free gift. Well, what does, the, what does this all lead to? Here's what he says. But the free gift is not like the trespass. For if many died through one man's trespass, much more have the grace of God... And the free gift, by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. So what happened because of the trespass? What he says here, many died. Well, what happens because of the free gift? What's available for those who are in the Jesus card? What's the free gift bring? He says, much more. If that was true for them, how much more? Much more has the grace of God and the free gift, by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. So... The trespass led to death. Many die. The free gift of Jesus leads to many live. It leads to grace abounding. And there's an interesting place here. You see in the middle of this verse, this is why I want you to have a Bible here, he says, much more have the grace of God and the free gift by that grace of the one man Jesus Christ abounded for many. He talks about the grace of God And the free gift of grace. Now, this is interesting because most of the time when we talk about grace, we just think about that grace means it's a free gift. But have you ever stopped to think, what is grace really? Like, what is it? Um, I heard this as an example from a guy recently, and I just was really helped by it. This guy was saying, you know, we we talk a lot about grace in evangelical churches, but, but we don't get it. So we don't really get what grace is. He says, picture this. He said, picture that there's a kid on Christmas morning and they've just opened all their presents. They got a big smile on their face. And you say to the kid, you say, tell me about your presents. And the kid says, It was a free gift. You go, okay, but tell me about your, tell me what you got. I didn't deserve it. Uh okay I, I know but but what'd you get Wow unmerited favor Right? Like, what are you talking about? Like, what is the thing? Like, we know how you get it, right? So, so when we talk a lot about grace, what we're talking a lot about most of the time is how we get it. We don't get it by our works. We get it as a free gift. But Paul here, he distinguishes in this. I just find this so fascinating where he says, the grace of God and the free gift by the grace. So the grace of God and the free gift by grace. What is the grace of God? What is abounding? What is it that has abounded for many? We we know how how people have died because of sin. We know how we're all on a path toward death because of sin. We get that part. What's he talking about? Grace abounded for many. You know what grace is? Part of it is the way God gives his, you know, he gives it freely and we don't deserve it. But, But what is it really? What's the present we open when we get grace? It's God giving himself to us. It's God opening up himself and his life and inviting us into it. So if if many died through the trespass, then what Paul's saying is God has opened himself up in such a way that many would live, that you would come. Many would come into God's life itself, into his grace, and it would abound. And that's a free gift, he says. You, You don't get to earn that. You don't get to steer your way out of the Adam cart and into the Jesus cart. So the question then is how do you get it? How does that happen? Okay, it's a gift, and it's God opening himself up to you, but how do you receive that gift? Well, we talked about this earlier a number of weeks ago in Romans chapter 3. If you uh, have your Bible there, flip back to Romans 3, verses 23 through 25. Romans 3, 23 through 25, it says this. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified, that means to be made right with God, And are justified by his grace as a gift. So there's the gift, right? Paul's been talking about the free gift is not like the trespass. What's the gift? It's it's this gift of of God's grace. How do I get it? And are justified by his grace as a gift through whom the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. Whew! Blow your hair back. That's a lot of church words, right? Right? Redemption, propitiation. what? What is he talking about? Here's what he's saying. Everybody has sinned. And God has given himself as a gift to redeem us. That's to rescue us out of slavery. That he's done the propitiation. He's paid for the punishment that we deserve. Why has he done that? He's done that to bring us into his life. And then how do you receive that gift? Do you see it in verse 25? Whom God put forward to be received by faith. So how does a person move from the Adam cart to the Jesus cart? By faith. Not by going, well, you know what? I'm just going to steer a little straighter in the Adam cart. I'm just going to try a little harder in the Adam cart. No, no, no. It's by saying this cart is leading to death. That one trespass of Adam many died from that. I don't want that anymore. I want to be part of grace abounding. And so by faith, we move into the Jesus card. Now, here's what's great about this. And I don't have like lids here, but this would be the kind of thing where you can only get in. You can't get out. Once you move here, you're here. And Paul is saying that is so much better. Here's the next thing he compares. Look at verse 16. And the free gift is not like the result of that one man's sin. For the judgment following one trespass brought condemnation. But the free gift following many trespasses brought justification. So Paul here is saying there was one trespass of Adam, one thing he sinned, one way that he blew it, and that leads to judgment and condemnation. That's the result of it. And then in Jesus, this free gift, after many trespasses, Not just one, right? You look at Adam and you go, he blew it once, and it plunged the whole world into sin. And Jesus then, following many trespasses, and and think about how many Paul's talking about here. If we were to count up all the sins in just this room, what do you think? Trillions? Quadrillions? Quintillions? All these new words I've been learning? It's a lot, right? It's many. And this is how much better Jesus is than Adam. Jesus is man just like Adam was, but he is far superior. right? He is so much better. How much better to to ride in the Jesus cart because following many trespasses, following many sins, we have justification. We're made right with God. Rather than at the last day, God saying, no, I condemn you, away from me. We have God saying, I know you sinned trillions of times, but my son paid for it. Welcome home. How much better to ride in that car? Keeps going. Verse 18. Therefore, as one trespass, or I'm sorry, verse 17, sorry, verse 17. For if, because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Okay, now here's what you got to think about. Uh, because of Adam's sin, who is reigning? Look at it. What does it say in verse 17? Who's reigning because of one man's trespass? Who or what? Death. Death is reigning. Which means that for everyone who naturally comes into the world on this atom cart, death is reigning. Every single person will die, right? The statistics on death are impressive. Everyone dies, but not every man really lives, right? I just feel like I had to say that. Right? Death reigns. You look around the world and you see people dying from all sorts of things, from being sinned against and killing one another from not having fresh water from genocide from all kinds, right and, and and then just the fact that people who live just a kind of good happy lives still get old and their bodies decay and, and they die death reigns death reigns because of adam's sin but now get this and again you just got to see how much paul's starting to say how much better it is to be with jesus who reigns through jesus Who or what reigns through Jesus? Now you'd be, you would think it would say life, right? Death reigned through the trespass, life reigned through Jesus, but it doesn't say that. So look at it, look at the text. What does it say? A lot of words apart, so you guys, here it is. Death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life. Who's reigning in Jesus? Those. Who are those? Those who have received the gift of grace. Those who God has opened up his life and welcomed them in. They are reigning. So get this. We move as followers of Christ from being previously in the Adam cart, in Adam, death just reigning over us, death ruling over us, to being people who reign ourselves. We're, we're ruling, right? That's what reign means. It means to be in charge, to be in control, to be, and, and, and get this, don't, don't press this to the point of saying that we're like God or that we, you know, get whatever we want. That's not what it's saying. But it's saying there's a whole new power. Those people who are coming, who, all of us, coming into the world in the Adam cart, death reigns over us. We have no power. We're helpless over it. But there's a hope for those in Christ. There's a hope for those who move from the Adam cart by faith to the Jesus cart. There's hope. They're not subject anymore. They're not slaves to the power of sin. We'll talk about that in, in the coming weeks here in, in Romans 6. Let's look at the next comparison. Verse 18. Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men... So one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. So Paul's saying it just took one sin to condemn everybody that was in Adam. You go, well, all men, who's, who's all men? It, it, everyone who's in Adam. One act of sin. You go, well, gosh, that's not fair. Why is it that I have to be lumped in with, with Adam? I didn't, I didn't do anything wrong. Well, it's not fair. Now, get this. If you were Adam, you, you would have folded too, right? And you've proven that because you continue to sin and you don't show any signs of stopping. Who do I, right? We, we continue that way. We're in Adam. You go, well, that's not fair. That, that, that leads to condemnation for all who are in Adam, he says, so one act of righteousness, that's Jesus' death and resurrection, his, his one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for everyone who's in the Jesus card, right? So, so you get what he's saying? You get this comparison? Many were made sinners through Adam. Many are made righteous through Jesus. How much better to be united, to be in Jesus? It's interesting, the band that's coming here Tuesday night uh, is Adam's Road. Right? That's what they're called, Adams Road Band. And, and uh, I was asking Tim, I was going, What's, uh, tell me the significance of that name, because I have a hunch that it might have something to do with this passage. And sure enough, go on their website, and, and here, we'll, sh- we'll show you. Here's, here's what it says about their name on their, uh, on their website. They say, through a single act of sin committed by the first man, Adam, sin, death, and condemnation entered the world for all men. Through the one act of righteousness offered through death on a cross by the second or last Adam, Jesus Christ, mankind is offered eternal life through faith in his name. We, as sinful man and the seed of Adam, are all under this condemnation, walking on Adam's road, which leads to the cross of Christ. I just find that fascinating that we're teaching this on the week they happen to be coming. I find that just absolutely interesting. And so they call their band Adam's Road. Because they're saying, "What's what's the road that we came into this world on?" Adams, right? You're going to make a big deal if you come to that, or if you're thinking about it already. You're going, "Well, they were on the, they were in the Mormon cart. They got out of the Mormon cart and into the Christian cart. You know what they're saying? We we're on the Adam cart, and everything that isn't the Jesus cart is the Adam cart, and it takes different shapes. And some of it's Mormon, and some of it's Muslim, and some of it's secular, and some of it's..." I don't really care much about that stuff and right it's it's everything all of it is Adams road Adams path and when you come to the end of that path if you see it for what it is you eventually see that it leads you to Jesus and so that's what he begins to talk about next look at verse 20 Now the law came in to increase the trespass but where sin increased grace abounded All the more. See, some people are riding down the, riding in the cart that Adam's pushing. This cart of 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 sin and death and condemnation, and they go, I got to get out of this cart. You know what? I need some new directions. Can you give me some directions of how I could steer this thing in a way that would be better? I need some rules. Paul's saying, you know what the law is? The law is just rules of people that are trying to steer their way out of this. But what does he say about the law? The law came to increase the trespass. The more you try to steer your way out of it, the more you go, I I can't get out of it. I'm stuck here. Right? The law rules are powerless to, to help you. There's a, a pastor that some of you maybe listen to. His name's Matt Chandler. He had a brain tumor and and has been through all sorts of medical treatments and things like that. And he, he talks about, he says, the law is like an MRI machine. It's really good for diagnosing the problem. It's really bad for curing it. So he says, when I had my tumor, I I'd had a lot of MRIs to diagnose what the problem was. But I never went to the MRI machine for treatment. Right? And, and Paul here is saying, listen, the, the law isn't going to help you. All the law is going to do is going to diagnose and say, listen, you're on the wrong path. It, you're going to keep trying to do it, and you You're going to keep proving that you're in Adam's path, and you're not going to be able to do it. It's going to increase your sin. And you're going to go, Gosh, what do I do? And that's where he says, Where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. So that as sin reigned in death, grace also might reign through righteousness, leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So I know that's a lot of heavy lifting and thinking and who's he referring to and one man and one man and trespass and gift and I don't know you got a lot of that but you know what he's basically saying it's way way better to be in this cart the question is which are you in we all come into the world in Adam We all come into the world sinful by nature and by choice. Will you stay there on a path toward death, on a path toward judgment, on a path toward condemnation, or will you trust by faith in Jesus? Now, listen, I get it. When you put it that way, it's like, uh, Jesus? Right? Like... Do you want to die or live, right? It's like that that commercial, right, where the guy's with the little kids. And he's like, so when we're talking about what's better, what's better? Better or worse? Better. Right? I mean, that's how this feels. Like, well, do you want to die? Do you want to go to hell? No. Okay, then let's go to Jesus. Okay, yeah. But, but, But here's the thing. Here's the thing. And this is what we're going to see in the coming weeks. Getting in the Jesus cart is not just saying, uh, Jesus, take the wheel, right? It's not, it's not just kind of going, hey, you steer this part of my life, and you know, I'll let you, you, know, Jesus is my co-pilot, right? You ever seen those bumper stickers? That's not what it is. Moving to this cart by faith is saying, I'm uniting myself to Christ. The picture that we're going to talk about in the coming weeks is union. When you see a union, it's, it's marriage. It's saying, I, I'm, I'm going to marry Jesus. When you get married, you, you lose some of your freedom. And you lose the ability to have total control over your life. And it's the same thing when you come to faith in Christ. So, so it's not just an easy thing like, hey, mark me down for heaven. Like, who wouldn't want that? It's uniting yourself to Christ. and We're going to talk more in the coming weeks about what that means. I want you to come back and we're going to dig into that. But here's what Paul's saying in all of this. Paul's saying it's so much better to be with Jesus. Notice all the times in that passage. Go back this week and read it and underline every time he says, much more. Yes, what Adam has done is serious. Yes, we're all living in the effects of it. But there's a, a Savior who's much better, Jesus. And it will cost you to follow him. And it will, you will give up your freedom to follow him. And it will hurt to follow him at times. But it's worth it. And all your little steering doesn't matter at all. You need to be in the Jesus card. Let's pray. God, thank you for this time to reflect on what it means to, to abandon our, our natural instincts of sin, the natural way we come into the world and to embrace a new life and a new hope in Christ. And, and so, God, thank you for grace. Thank you that you open yourself up to us and invite us into your life. God, I pray that we would move there, move toward you as you've moved toward us.
0: We thank you in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Luke. There we go. What a great visual. A shopping cart. As I'm back there just hearing the message, here's what comes to mind. I picture three shopping carts in the room. I picture those of you that are sitting in Jesus' shopping cart and you know it. I picture those of you who are sitting in Adam's shopping cart.